welcome to Under the Pink Triangle. We would like to thank the Silix Nation for welcoming us to their traditional lands. This podcast in no way represents every voice in the LGBTQ2S plus community, and we endeavor to grow in the knowledge to help us respect as many voices as we can. This podcast is also not for everyone. If you are sensitive to topics of race, sexuality, strong language, or strong attitudes, this podcast is not for you. It is intended for audiences over the age of 15 and not for consumption at work. Opinions expressed are of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the show or its creators. However, respecting differing opinions does not include hate speech of any kind. Around the world, there are many cultural traditions in naming a child. Many denote familiar respect, some to ward off demons. In North America, parents use many means and reasons in choosing a name for a child. This is often the first obstacle for many transgenders as they themselves go through their own process in self-identifying. This is life under the pink triangle. Hi, my name is Kyler. I identify as a trans male and I go by he and him. Hi, I'm Lee. I go by he, him, his. I am an IT specialist and an actor. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I am a clinical counselor in the Okanagan, and I go by she, her. Hey, my name is Forrest. I'm a trans male, and I use he and him, and I'm an outreach worker and a parent. Excellent. Thank you both for being here tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. The, the first piece of info we have typically is a name when we come into this world. And tonight we're exploring the piece around the identity of that name. Often as anybody has gotten their name said incorrectly, we've often felt that little pinch when someone continues to get our name wrong. So today, I wanted to say a little bit about my experience as I'm moving through my change and have Forrest get to speak of his experience. Now, the difference yeah. is I've, in my story, I've just changed my name to Kyler. And it was, I guess, almost a year now. And I've met some opposition within my family and their feelings around the change of the name, that it's uh, not something that I was given. And when I went to choose a middle name, it was of my father. And that was met with huge challenge as they have many negative and traumatic feelings towards those names. I ultimately have gone with my first and last name. As I navigate through this piece of identity, I realize that I'm really fighting for who it is that I feel I've become. And I want yeah. my name to reflect that. So you are legally changing your name. Correct. So that process has started. You're, you've gone through that process. Uh, Forrest, where are you in your name, your identity name change or your name change? Um, well, it's interesting. I actually have been using my middle name, which is Forrest my legal middle name, as my first name from, I think, the age of six. I've always felt the disconnection from my first name. As a child, get so upset when people would call me that name instead of Forrest. And now I have just actually, at the age of 31, finally started the legal process to change it. So I'm just, I'm just waiting, basically, for the you know, information to come in. So it must be completely different because your name was originally Forrest in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Kyler's situation is going to be quite a bit different. So people for yeah. you, Forrest, have already known that you were, you've were been using Forrest for so long that, mm-hmm. well, the opposition for people calling you by right. your preferred name, is it less, more, different? Well, I still, because it hasn't legally commented, I haven't changed my ID and stuff, I still get called that name <laughs> by like people in the medical community or if you're out at the bank or something. And it's... It's really hard for me, right? It's not only does it misgender me because it's very much an obvious female name, but it, I just I I've always it always just really affected me really deeply. Yeah, it was easy with my family, right? Everybody was happy that I wasn't changing my name to something completely different. But I did get to pick my middle names, 
And then I've kept my last name, of course. So it's been a pretty special process. Uh, Jennifer, I was wondering if you could speak towards those, the feeling sides of the misgendered as, as for us. Well, I think it's misgendered, but I also think there's like a sense of dysphoria, you know, because <laughs> the name that you have doesn't represent who you are when you look in the mirror. And I think it's a very different but similar dysphoria that I have myself as a black woman because my name is the name of my slave owner. I don't have a history past my great-grandmother who was born a slave and freed. And so for when you look at my name, I take great pride in my name. I've always kept my last name, but it's not pride in as who I am ancestrally. It's a pride in, in the fact that my people, whoever they may be, survived things that most people don't survive. Yeah, but it, it's wow. ingrained in your culture as well. It's heavily ingrained in your culture that your name is a, your slave name. It's a, well, it's, it's not ingrained in my culture. It's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, We lost every single thing when we were taken yeah. and, and put on the boats and brought across the waters to the Caribbean and to the North Americas and to Europe. Um, Excuse me, Jewel, uh, Jennifer, are you talking about your family name or Jules. your given name? My family, Jules. That's my name. Last yeah. My last yeah. name. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, we I'm really speaking identi- specifically of, the, of given names. So my because that name was given to me as a slave. The Jennifer. The Jules was given to me as a slave. Because I thought that was your surname. It is, but it's not my name. I lost my name when we went on the boat. And the Jennifer piece. Yeah. Right? The Jennifer, my, my mom and dad named me. The piece that I identify with, Jules is my name. Mm-hmm. That's why I never changed it when I got married, because already it has been taken from me once. Right. So for me, the dysphoria isn't necessarily my first name. A name isn't only first names. People identify yeah. by first and last names and middle names. That's the identity. That wow. it, that's the identity. That's exactly. The, the so my identity thing. is as a jewel, not as not as a Jennifer. Jennifer is just I mean, people call me Jen. They call me Joy. They call me Jules, which you just almost did because that's how you define me. Right. And that's because I love that name. Exactly. But that's and that name is part of my identity. And that's, well, that's I identify myself with. as Jules. Yeah. But that name yeah. isn't my family name. Yeah. You, have, yeah. you have the opportunity from a last name perspective of having your family name and understanding the roots that that's there. And in terms yeah. of gender dysphoria, you have a very feminized first name, which is so feminized you don't even use in this podcast. And yeah. it gives you that sense of not being and belonging. Yeah. And that's very similar for the black dysphoria, mm-hmm. you know? Well, And I find that the resistance to these name changes a little odd because we've been changing names in religious sectors for hundreds and hundreds of years. In what way? Well, Pope John Paul is not Pope John Paul. Yes, he's been deitized. But it's okay for everybody to use their new names, right? Or even Muhammad Ali changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali because yeah. he he's Muslim. We could go so, all the way back to yeah. Paul from Saul. Yeah. But again, that's interesting because when you look at actually these changing of names, they've done that to give power to the identification of the religious organizations that have oppressed us as a community, as genders, since post-pagan world. Right. And so when you say that, to me, that just lends more power because they are becoming deities. They don't define it that way. But I I suggest that, you know, like from a feminist perspective, that's what they're doing. They're making themselves mini gods in these religions. And in doing so, then comes the the, the chattel of the woman and of the person of color and of the person who is non-quote-unquote normative sexually. Well, how about about Prince? 
Remember when he did his name change in the 90s? Like I was a total follower of Prince and then all of a sudden he came out with this album and his name was a symbol. And I remember the backlash over that and everybody like, man, that guy is weird. How, how can you say that? <laughs> right. And now, of course, he, we all recognize that he's he was, an he was, artist. Yeah. And not only that, he was taking a political and philosophical stand about the fact that his name wasn't his name. When I hear that there's a backlash for you is because you, your family has chose this name for you guys and yeah. that is all tied up in what it means to be human. And I think that the backlash comes from the lack of comfort that we are a fluid world and we don't normally like to say that we're a fluid world. But also isn't part of it attached to what our parents expect from us? Like when they name us as children, they attach a certain expectation onto those names that they want to see realized up to a point i believe that well and that's of that's part of the as well. exactly of identity identity because exactly. yeah. going from a one gender to another gender gender is even bigger it's even bigger because we have names in this culture that are well forest you have had that problem whereas your name is and Kyle, yeah. your name your I don't, I don't even know what to call prior name prior name your birth yeah name. dead name some people say some people oh, that's a good one dead name but then they are distinctly feminine in our culture. Yeah. My name is both. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, neat, right? And Convenient. nobody's had any problem misgendering me. Yeah. So the resistance that your families are feeling is the, the curiosity that I have. That resistance makes no sense to me. I don't understand why somebody just can't call somebody what they want to be called. It's the same thing as the pronouns. Well, I think the pronouns is, is different than the name because I think the name, the resistant comes from that unconscious sense of ownership that parents and grandparents seem to have to yeah. children and grandchildren. Yeah, you're mine. I named you. Yeah. And that comes, again, from the oppressive history of patriarchy where when a woman was given to her husband, she had to give up her identity. Mm-hmm. And so then... During marriage. During marriage, right. yeah. So then now we have people who are choosing their own identities and it goes smack against that patriarchy after what it It does i agree with that to the point where people get divorced now and they're okay using other names it seems like the older generation can accept the fact that they're changing a name because of a divorce but they can't accept the fact of a name (laughs) yeah i'm laughing because that is not just the older generation it's also a lot of people in the in my generation (laughs) super young super young actually (laughs) in my generation there's still that backlash because this idea of fluidity has come to the forefront fairly recently right even though that fluidity has existed pagan times and so when i think when i think like somebody like forrest who's trying to change his name to be who he is I think what happens is, is that it's not just a parental backlash. It's almost like a fabric, a reforming of your tapestry. And that's very difficult for our societies. It is. And how do we look at it? Okay, so we know that family has such a hard time with it. But does your work have to call you what you want to be called if it's not legal? Legally, yeah. You but have the right they? to be named. I, I don't know if there's a legal thing, but it just be disrespectful, right? <laughs> so are you called by your preferred name professionally oh yeah definitely i mean i've gone by forest i've introduced myself to forest uh, as forest because i was sick yeah no they would definitely never call me that name and i mean they're a very respectful workplace right but if it's not on your actual identity on your id 
They don't have to call you that. Well, and I, it sounds like myself is similar to Forrest in that I had, I started introducing people by Kyler and saying, Hey, I just changed my name and anybody knew it's easy for them. It's when it's people I haven't seen for years, all of a sudden they show up and they call me by my former name. And I do choose to say former name because I don't want to say dead name. Thank you. To not, I want and to note the respect yeah. I have for myself. Personal the person preference, I right? Yeah. How about you, Forrest? Do you call it your dead name or how do you feel about that? I do. Phrase? I do because I just have a different experience with my old name than you do, I guess, right? I never, I was never that, right? I've never felt any attachment. I was never called that. I mean, I can't really remember being five and younger, right? But I very well remember when I said, no, I'm going by Forrest. And when I went into grade one that year, they introduced me as Forrest. Nice. You know, I'd been there previously as the other name for kindergarten. Yeah, the school was great. You know, I got to, people, it took them a little bit of time, but it's been a long time now that I've used it. So well, I, I just have no attachment to the other name. It's a fine name for other people, but it's just not mine. <laughs> well, and there's another part of it as well is kids going into school or kids that are in school that are trying to make a change as they yeah. figure out, do the schools have to change their names if that's not what's on their birth certificate or if that's not what's no but it would just be disrespectful right if somebody's asking can you please call me this why would you why would they not i I mean i don't know it is a policy that you go by preferred name that's kind of what i'm trying to get at is that even the establishment is still pushing names onto people that they don't feel are theirs so school, work, if it's on your paperwork, they're yeah. going to call you what they... I don't know. I don't know the staff. Yeah, I don't think they legally have to call you what no. you want, but I just think it would be... I was, uh, I was doing a bit of research last night, and I did see that majority of schools and therapists, counselors, are all encouraging parents to go with the change. Well, of course. To I avoid mean, yeah. increased oh, yeah. suicide. Yeah, I'm just saying... So the parents are feeling like they're getting pushed to have accept a name they don't want to accept versus somebody like me who doesn't want to accept that former name I had. So we're both in this place where I don't want to accept that name because that's not who I am. Right. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's part of the whole issue is that pronouns are having a problem in the workplace as well. Yes. You know, so. yeah. yeah, I think pronouns is having an issue in the workplace for a different reason other than names. And I don't know if names are having an issue in the workplace. I've never seen any evidence of it. I know that if you are working at a bank and you say, I'm Tony, even if your legal name is Janet, and they'll they'll just assume you're going by your middle name. Yeah. But I don't anecdotally have seen any signs of that. Where I have seen signs of suffering is the parents struggling to let go of the conceptualization of the name that they chose being changed. And not all parents, but enough that it's a concern and causes problems to, to the children and to adults like yourself, Skylar. And it's, it's interesting because, like, I have kids, right? And I would feel sad if they changed their names, right? Even though yeah. I would respect them and I'd go with it, but yeah, I know nice. those names and they're very special to me. And yep. right, so I understand my parents or other parents' perspective on it. For yeah, sure. they're grieving. But you would still respect their right to have their own name, though. Yes, of course, so right? You would, you would grieve the process and you would go through it and you would allow them to identify however they would want to. You know, you're allowed to say, I'm sad about this because it's like a kind of loss to me, but I love you and I want you to feel comfortable, right? So, of course, I'm going to call you what you want to be called. Well, it's yeah. more than kind of a loss. It's the death of a name, like you say. And so yeah. it'd be natural for them to go through the grieving process of that death of a name. Having said that, mm-hmm. as Tyler is evidence of, not everybody can take that transition well. Well, and that's, yeah. that's part sure. of the issue. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is that there are so many different variables that 
our families are, we in the LGBTQ2S plus community have so many mountains to climb. And this is specifically one of them, not just in the trans community, but having our parents identify as how we see ourselves is one of the hardest things for LGBTQ2S people to to come to terms with. Uh, Our parents end up grieving us because we're not, mm-hmm. we don't live up to their expectations. Exactly, right? The expectations. Well, I think parents are, gri- are grieving the fact that it's grieving the sense of comforting identity that they are, that they know. Right. But they, they set know? that up, though. Well, of course, because we don't have our child called X until they choose their name. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> or we'd yeah. have a lot of X's and Y's. <laughs> we'd have a lot of X's and Y's. But, and Kyler, Kyler, specifically, your issue is parental, but it's part religious too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes. I hesitate to speak out of disrespect. My mom did a lot for me as a single mom, busting her butt, and I want to show her as much respect as possible in... Uh-huh. And exposing my identity, and honestly, I could. Yeah. It no took forty three years to to come up with and tell her because I couldn't. I wasn't strong enough to stand this kind of rejection. She was yeah. in the world for a long period of time, and then boom, it was over in the teens. And and struggling to find my way through that kind of stuff took a bit of time to undo the programming. Yeah. And now, as I step forth as my authentic self, there's challenge in the grieving of what I wasn't or I won't be anymore. Exactly. And that's that complex yeah, part, right? And so even when, and the concept of religion is such a weighty one, but honoring your mother and mm-hmm. who she was yeah. and is, of course. I think that's the struggle for a lot of parents. I mean, not myself, my, my, my kids can call themselves whatever they choose. As long as I can remember it, I'm okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I would grieve if a name was changed too much. Um, to be honest, because uh, because of my dysphoria, a name right. is not defining to myself as a black dysphoric. Forrest has to go. Something. go. Yeah, ahead. go ahead, Forrest. Uh, I just wanted to say, I, I just thought of this. So for me, it's been like an easy transition with the name for the general population, because they know me by that. For my kids, now this has been interesting, because I tried to be comfortable with being called mom still, but... It's been really hard for me. Uh, it's, I, I you know, I really wanted to just kind of let them call me that, but I, it's been, yeah, it's just like bought up too much dysphoria and stuff for me. So I've huge, slowly, gently trying to get them to call me Forrest because I couldn't think of another, you know, I don't know, they have their dad and then, <laughs> I don't know, I'm Forrest or Daddy Forrest. Right. So it's, um, it's been interesting. My, my oldest, my eight-year-old, he's gotten really good at it. And, you know, it's just like they say, Mom, I just say, please call me Forrest and... You know, then they say, blah, blah, for us. None of them, luckily, have seemed, like, hurt by it. I was worried they would feel like, you know, but you're my mommy. Yeah. But, yeah, kids are so adaptable. Well, and and you are, in their eyes, whatever name, you're still their mom to them. Do you miss being called mom? I don't. And it's weird. It's really weird because I never had an issue with it until I really came to terms with trans identity and came out. And now I, I, I don't know. It's never affected me before, but it's just really like, yeah. And it's weird because I thought I would be more sad, but I still have that really close bond with them. You know, that's not changed. Well, no, because you're still who you are. You know, Forrest or Daddy Forrest or, yeah. If one of your kids just came up to you and said, Dad, 
I want to talk. And it was one of those cuddle moments. Would that feel yeah. more comfortable or would that yeah. be, do you feel like there's a, if they said mom, would that be okay too? Or like, would that feel part of your life? Well, if one of them came up for a cuddle moment, you know how when kids are in distress, yeah. they yeah. revert back to what they generally know of from their yeah. childhood. Would it be hard on your heart to hear them call you mom? Well, I mean, they still do it every day, right? We're still in the process of, I'm still in the process of kind of helping them relearn it. Right. And yeah, it doesn't, it's just, it just doesn't feel comfortable for me anymore. And like, I try not to care about what other people think, but when we're out and stuff, I might be passing a little bit and then mom, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just that, right? Yeah. But also when we're away from the general public, when we're on our own, it's, I just feel more comfortable being called Forrest or Daddy Forrest or whatever, right? I was more worried about their reaction. I didn't want them to feel hurt, but they haven't been. They've been great, you know? I, I, I don't chastise them about it. I just gently say, please call me Forrest. How old are yeah. they? They are eight, four, and two. Oh, yeah. And so the two-year-old, he calls him mom, but I feel like he'll pick it up, right? He's young enough that if they start Oh, yeah, no, they'll, it, they'll, they'll be, yeah, they're at a good age. Yeah. yeah, and my, my eight-year-old... Not embedded in their really brain good. yet. Yeah, that's incredible. It's interesting, though, right? I, yeah. That's an aspect <laughs> I've never even thought about, actually. That's one of the, the reasons Pardon? why... This podcast is so important is because the gender roles assigned to our parenthood was not something I yeah. really thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting, a really interesting point that your kids are learning. Do you, does your your spouse calls you dad or whatever or Forrest, right? Um, he's my ex, actually. We were together for like 10 years, but we broke up recently. And then I came out, basically. That wasn't the only reason why we broke up. It was coming for a while. It's kind of a weird situation. We're still living together at this point while I'm waiting for a new place to move into. Right. So we're co-parenting. We're amicable. But he just calls me for us. Right? Well, he does. So he is helping to maintain this aspect of... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. I mean, at least yeah, he's sort of ex-spouse. Because sometimes that can be really... Tough. Tough to maintain because they know you totally. one way as well. So yeah, yeah. your ex-spouses know you as one way. So sometimes they try to sabotage a little maybe. But you know, it's no, really no, he's a, he's a good guy. We we don't work well together as a couple, but we're still friends and trying our best to co-parent. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky that way. Well, and that's kind of the piece I wanted to really get into and explore is what happens when your identity, as in not having your name, does to our own psyches and how we deal with that. And I've and that's yeah. part of what I'm interested in hearing of Jennifer because she does deal with a lot of trauma or people that have had that and I'm wondering how that plays out in our lives when we're negated as in you or as in your family as in the individual so in my understanding I think it's a whole spiritual process to figure out that you need to be redefined by your name and I think by the time people begin to understand that that's what they need to do it's a great comfort to take that courageous step it's a hard step because of society and parents less than society in many ways family of origin. And I think when it's negated, as it has been with you, I believe that it causes more harm. It's a further wounding, further scarring of the amygdala, the trauma brain, and it needs to be worked. My son recently came out as bisexual. And again, there's those shifts in those waves. And as and as a young male of color, shifts and waves again as to what those all those identities are. And he was simply like, why do I have to be defined by another identity? 
Why can't I just yeah. be Zane? Mm-hmm. And in my world, he is just Zane. And he's like, that's why I never yeah. even thought it was wrong to be bisexual. Because right. from the time I was a baby, you just accepted whatever it was it was. He says, you know, now I feel yeah. like, especially with this world we're in right now, this need to be very clear in his definitions. And he's had a lot of painful backlash as a result, as have you. Yeah. I mean, to be told that your your dad is not okay with having you have his name is... Uh, oh, no, my father is deceased. My family wasn't happy. Okay, your family. Yeah, that's a devastating thing. Yeah. That you want to honor your father and be your father's namesake in some fashion. And they are like, no way. That's a horrid, horrid, Well, did you even think about the connection between your dad and the name? That In all honesty, I actually worked through the forgiveness process because I like that name. I didn't always like him and what his behavior was, but I like the name. Right. So why can't I have the name? If I've done my forgiving, right? So that's where I'd got. Well, that's that's your forgiveness part, right? Yes, that's where I got to. So how do we deal with the families? How do we deal with somebody who absolutely refuses... So they'll say my name. Yeah. They just, they don't want to be corrected if they say my wrong name. Yeah. They don't want to be brought to task if they fuck it up. They don't want you to point it out to them when they... they I think it's right. more than that. For my son, they just ignore it and they don't call him by his preferred name. Yeah, which is disrespectful though. Hugely insulting. Totally insulting. Minimizing. Yeah, yeah. Erases his identity. Yeah. Which is again another yeah. trauma because his identity has been erased epigenically, right? Right. Hey guys. You, hey Forrest, you gotta go? Yeah, unfortunately I gotta go put those kids to bed. It was so Great. It was nice meeting you, Forrest. Thanks for joining us tonight, Forrest. I waited for a while to change my name because I started the transition back, Lee, back really in 2017. Mm-hmm. I decided. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I think earlier, somewhere late last year, and I was at a doctor's appointment. And I was dressed and I felt, and I was actually, I, I feel like I was kind of pat, and they called for Monica. And I was like, Ugh. and there's these people that are kind of looking around, and then you see me, and I was like, ah. And it was the first time I had this huge pinch. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, totally. And it was like really surprising to have a visceral response. Yeah, it, it wasn't you. And I really like just the and allowing myself because I just to heal and grow so you can do. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I try not to put any expectation on what it is where I'm going to and all this research, just to let off the layers of all the <clears throat> and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that bothers my mom a little bit because I don't have a definite like this is the end point. I know, but right? it's, it's a like, process. Well, Life doesn't have a end point. There's Until no death. guarantees to anything, right? So exactly. Yeah, she she keeps telling me God doesn't make any mistakes. I cannot. I won't. I, like, well, if God doesn't make any mistakes, then what you're doing is right. That's what, that's what I, I know. Right? So, so. <laughs> well, if God doesn't make any mistakes, then obviously He's giving me the time to f- figure out who I am Indeed. in His eyes. I wish I had those words at the moment, right? <laughs> I know. Right? Man, she's been so mad. Yeah. So mad at me, and I can't understand. I'm trying to just give it as much compassion and stay all you can in do, my loving kind. My heart. Yeah. That's sad. Because I do feel bad. That she's having she's a hard suffering. time. Totally. Yeah. Of course. You know, and it hurts. It hurts me when I hear how other people treat their parents. Mm-hmm. That hurts my heart to hear about that because they gave so much. Kids have no idea exactly. what parents have given. Exactly. They don't. We just don't. Well, and then all this extra naming, like going too far with naming can become a curse as well. Because now everything is about the certain name. If you don't get the name right, then everything is like on to shit. And now, like, so it's like anything taken too far. Exactly. So where's the... Where's the balance? They're trying to find this balance in this. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's all part of becoming and evolving. Mm-hmm. And having those hard conversations and getting the words. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then create, or maybe creating the words like cis and trans. Like, for je- like when, where were those? Five exactly. years ago, ten years ago. I know, which is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I think, I think, yeah. And, but then that's the same with, you were saying, well, I'm talking about first names, but I think a name is a name, whether it's first or last, it's how do you identify yourself? Because there is dysphoria in the naming. It doesn't matter. Like, and I've been saying this, this doesn't just belong to this child. It's everywhere. And if people start realizing there's a respect that we can give, just such a simple respect. Mm -hmm. You know, Carnegie's number one rule, isn't it? Like, know yeah. the name, use people's names. What a, what a respect I give to you by just using your name properly. Well, I, why I get nervous of using a name I can't say properly. Mm -hmm. Or if I read it and... Because uh, uh, I'm scared of fucking it up. Yeah. And then if I fuck it up more than once, uh, then that person thinks I'm not listening. Like, so that's my assumption. Yeah. Right? If you're my honestly assumption. trying, they'd rather you try than not use their name. Yeah, right? Right? I do. I've switched to that. You know, and saying... I may be saying it wrong. I'm sorry. Or have I said it correctly? Or I'm still learning your name. Yeah. Forgive my errors. But it's way better than... Not. Calling you hun. Well, and actually, you helped me with that lesson. Oh, thank you. Risking insulting you because I want to keep reaching out because I want to keep communicating. I yeah. want to keep. Yeah. And I apologize for those times, but it's like, unless I do that, how am I ever going to be connection with you or exactly. like a relationship? Exactly. Or how are we going to create these new Norms. ways of being? Yeah. Without giving each other the, those chances of being wrong and growing and learning. And so that's what I think more trans people could do for their parents like the it's one thing to keep saying you missed you know but hey you know like they're working on stuff too oh, they're on suffering. Their perspective uh you, with your your particular situation kyler uh which was the impetus for this entire podcast not only your mother but your sister are highly resistant to you changing your name highly resistant to your change of pronouns and it's caused so much consternation in your family it's changing your family dynamic it's changing your relationship with them isn't it yes it has absolutely do you want to expand on that a little bit or you know i do believe that this happens for many people but speaking for myself my transition for them has only begun 11 months ago i've struggled with it for the 43 years and have have actively been transitioning since 2017 i did talk to them a little bit about it but it is curious to me that it's a surprise to them about this extra step. And I do realize that the challenges they're experiencing are for their own stuff. I'm going to say stuff. And I can have compassion for that because they are trying to move forward in a way that's comfortable for them. As I keep freeing myself, that can allow me to give them that little bit of extra grace while practicing my boundary setting and knowing that when we discuss things, it's not about my identity that is not up for discussion anymore. We can talk about how they, they are moving through stuff or how I might be able to direct them in research, but it's no more about identity discussions and knowing the emotional support that I have to do for myself is more than enough and encouraging them to do their work. Well, I think that's what bottom line is. So what happens now if they decide that you are no, not Kyler and you, we'll call you what we want to call you? So what happens? So it, it gets a little uncomfortable, for sure, And when we're sitting around. As long as we can stay away from using my name or a pronoun, it seems more comfortable. If there's a, a slip, it's interesting that my nieces and nephews are quick to, like, apologize or correct themselves. They're in, at ease. And other people are... But it's interesting that they are very uncomfortable. And they By they, you mean your sister and your mother? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But again, that goes to their boxes of belief. And I wouldn't be transitioning had I not addressed my own boxes of beliefs that I came from with them. And it also it speaks to the fact that they're losing a daughter and a sister in 
in their soul. Yes. Right? And they don't want to lose me as a female. Well, because they're losing their daughter or sister. And that's where the grief layers come in and sometimes the lack of being able to accept. Mm-hmm. And that's their true suffering, right? Well, it does feel like they feel like I am now jumped out of their camp and I'm betraying them by choosing not to be a woman. That, but I, I love women that too, yeah. and I've always loved, I just don't identify as one. So I'm not trying to ever put women down and I don't feel like I'm a, a one of those, um, a toxic masculine person. Oh, you're not toxic masculine. But in my choosing to not, like, I'm just tired of trying to pretend. But be, you are pulling out of their camp because in this world, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that we've had this conversation before. We've all had this conversation about where we sit on the pyramid. Well, you're moving out of their camp. Mm-hmm. So now all of their, the, the stuff that they put on all the masculine people in their lives and all the men in their lives is now being transferred to you. And they, that's difficult. They don't want to see you like that, you know? Yeah, fair. Because I was they, told they that directly. All these assumptions about what men are. And I don't, I don't identify female at all, but because I'm gay, a lot of my family identify me as being a girl or girly, or when mm-hmm. somebody calls me a girl, it drives me crazy because that is not what, how I identify. So, but now you are being pulled completely out of that. And so now they're going to have to start putting that male, like, have you been a spy your whole life then? Like, have you been a male spy your whole life? Like, yeah. is that well, part I've of always it? felt like a wolf in sheep's clothing type thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. allowed into the inner circle. Because as a gay man, that would happen to me as well, because mm-hmm. now I'm gay. Now I'm no longer, I was a spy, you know, to try and get all these, trap all these men. Well, uh, give your head a shake. I mean. But I think that goes to like, in terms of your sister and mother, I think that their feelings are legitimized in the patriarchy where they do feel that you've um, betrayed them and abandoned yeah. them. And I think there's that concept as they're hopefully navigating it but I honestly believe it's the death of a family member on an energetic sense Mm -hmm. because you are still you yeah I I see that but they're grappling with the fact that your sister's grappling the fact that she doesn't want to get a sister Mm -hmm. yeah she doesn't want there's no sisterhood no yeah she she doesn't doesn't want a brother well yeah well it's not even what wants just this loss is so poignantly sad for them in their suffering that they're not saying I don't want a brother they're just saying I never had a brother or a son in you Mm -hmm. and I now no longer have a daughter or a sister in you therefore everything that I knew to be comfortable and real about you has been shattered and I don't know what to do with that nothing that's that's so hard just (laughs) that's so hard (laughs) no but nothing it just Mindfully. I'm just going to watch you be shattered on the floor. Does, does the responsibility lie with you for, at this point for that? Or do they have mm. to be shattered? Well, this helps me see my relationship challenges, doesn't it? Well, As yeah, a people I person, and I got to fix this, and I got to just back just the heck up and mindfully leave. mindfully love them. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do to change. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Which is? Become Monica. Oh, but that's not really an option. Though. This is, we're talking about their world. Oh, yes. We are talking about right? their world. Yeah. So, I stop yes, doing what it, I'm doing. And yes, that is an option. And many people choose to do that because this right. pain Pressure. is too uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And so they choose, instead of walking through the flames, yeah. they choose to go back and again bury die. themselves. Because it's easier for them to inside. die than deal with the issue. No, it's easier for them to die than deal with the suffering mm-hmm. and the, the pain. Suffering and the pain. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's not an issue. You're not an issue. And what you're going through is not an issue. 
But it's so painful to see everybody not embracing the truth. And our society tells us that family is such a part of our fabric. And it's so hard to cause pain to the people you love. Mm-hmm. And even if, you, even if you didn't even really love them, family, it's hard to cause pain to. And it just eats wow, at true. you so hard. Kyler has a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, they've made that clear. Uh, yeah, but the choice for you is to, to live in suffering and to live to, or to die in suffering. It, that's not really a... It is a choice. It is. And that's, and that's where the complexity comes, choice. which is why I'm like, you just got to sit with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same as when I said I was gay. So like, they didn't yeah. comfortable with that. So you, yeah. you just sit with that until, you know, after a couple of decades, got a little more comfortable. So maybe a couple easy. of decades, they're going to be okay. Uh, maybe that. not. That's my hope. Or maybe not. That's my hope. Like we can't forecast that, right? Right. I'm hoping because sooner. In, in forecasting that, <laughs> we're putting Kyler up to suffering. Because then Kyler's waiting TikTok for this sense of acceptance from people who are not able, perhaps, and that moment to accept. And I don't think it's about willingness. I don't think it's about wanting. No, I, I think, think it's about ability. Yeah. yeah. And there's a big difference between ability in terms of saying your name and willingness. Because I don't see a lot of willingness. I see it hurting. Yeah. And that's not about willingness. It's about ability. Oh but you made that choice to cut out your middle name now. Yes, I have. So now you're, Which you're, is a compromise. I already have my dad's name with my last name. Yeah, it's, it's a compromise. Right. It's a, I don't it's need a, to it's have a compromise, a right? Yeah. Although I could have chose Oscar and it could have been chaos. That's my <laughs> initials. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. So <laughs> that would be appropriate. <laughs> is, this, is this actually coming to the point where that now you're, the pain that you have felt through this last eight months with your mom and your sister, and, and you're trying to explain to your sister that, well, she's been divorced and now she's somebody else and it's okay to call her that. What do you is, mean? Oh, they've both changed their last names since they their divorces. Their my sister went back to her maiden name and my mom chose one. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the difference? Fine. Like, do as you do. Like, that's so your life. They have the ability to do it because they've done it themselves. They've, they've expected. This is about the fact that Kyler is no longer Monica. Yes, that's exactly what it's about. Right? And that's a totally different topic because for them, their last names are, especially as women, are interchangeable right. because of the fact that we were never given our last names to keep. Right. Yeah. That they were given to us as a chattel, as property. Yeah. So changing the last name means very little, but changing who you are which you've not changed, you've just awakened. I think that's a different the thing. thing that you have that Kyler has to address. It's not about the name. Why does Kyler have to address it? Why cannot they f- sort out themselves? What yes. what what role is Kyler to have to say that they have to keep on addressing and addressing and addressing? Just like what is the Well, he doesn't, but he he wants a relationship. So Okay, but he can want a relationship. I'm sorry. He can want a relationship. They have to be willing to have a relationship within his healthy guidelines and boundaries as right. well. And so why does he have to keep teaching them when he's already done everything he's done? Why can't he sit back and just love them and let them fall apart? And either they pick themselves up or they don't. That's the question. That's the, way the I bottom feel. line. Sorry. I'm not and I agree with you. I 100% agree with you that that's the solution. But I don't know that that's how you... No, I totally agree that that's the solution and getting it's away from the rescuer, abuser. It's just hard. It's like, very hard. Just because I think, and I might be wrong again, so correct <laughs> me if I am, just because Kyler is feeling the pain doesn't mean that Kyler needs to fix the pain. It's okay to feel deep pain and yeah. hurt and betrayal and anger and sorrow and walk through it to compassion and understanding whether or not they walk through it. You can always love them and you can always have the door open. It's just 
allowing yourself to own your name. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And if all of us could just do that for each other, the world would get a little better. And, you know, just kind of addressing these issues and seeing what we can do about them. This does cause physical suicide. This does cause sociological suicide. Like a lot of us just cut our family straight out. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Well, and I I do want to really point out, I like what you said when you said that it's enough for me to sit and love them and let them be shattered. Because I think most of the world expects that the love is in rescuing when that is not the case. In this day and age. It took me a long time to come to that conclusion too. And loving them where they are. And that's really what I wanted to get to the point of all of this is that it doesn't matter where someone else is at. It's still the peace has got to come from me and the love still has to come from me. And that's for every single person in the world. Mm-hmm. It can't be just given to you. You have to bring it yeah. regardless of your state. And you have to let people feel what they're going to feel and yeah. be okay with that. They're feeling that. That's right. You don't have to be okay with what they're feeling. Sorry that his mother and his sister are negating his very existence. You don't but- have to be okay with it, but you might have to be okay with how it sits in you. like Well, that is radical acceptance. And yes. being uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, sitting in the, the pain, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and I think that is one of our biggest things is that we always try and fix each other's pain. Mm-hmm. When it's not our job to fix each other's pain, it's our job to sit and heal our own. So we have to sit in our own happiness or our own love and just hope. Or in his own suffering. Or in his own suffering. Right? Because this is a moment of suffering. Yeah. This isn't a moment of joy. I mean, it's a mindful moment where I think you're coming from a deep place of knowing. And so that gives joy in the moment. But it's also a deep place of suffering because of the sacrifices your mother did. And because of the fact that it feels like fabrics are tearing mm-hmm. and not yet stitching into a new tapestry. So I think it's easy to sit in happiness and enjoy. It's far less easy to sit in the pain of the suffering that our decisions are causing others. And even that decision is a non-decision, which is yours, is a non-decision. It's still that suffering. Totally. You have to sit in. You have to sit in and you have to watch your family suffer. Because there's nothing any of us can do about the suffering of our families, just because of our identities. If my mother was sitting in a fire and I could physically run in and save her, of course that's what I would do. But if she's sitting in a fire of her own guilt and her own pain, I can't run into that fire. There's no way I can save her out of that. Or own grief. Or grief. Like, I think Kyler's familial problems, which many are, is surrounding the loss of a daughter. Yeah, the grief. And or a son. The grief. And the grief is something that we are taught not to have to deal with, to shove aside. But you can't shove it aside when you see Kyler. No. And that is what my mom said. She's, She's grieving. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's why... I think it's so important that Kyler did the steps that he did in order to find compassion, loving kindness, and forgiveness prior to deciding on name. Mm -hmm. So many people don't, which is why there's a suicidality, which is why there's the the choosing to go back to a form that is not norm or healthy for that person. It is my intention to practice spiritual mastery of uncomfortableness to get to the outcome that I want. And I believe that much in my relationship with my mother and my sister that we will eventually get there. Yeah. And that's my hope is that other people as well will have that in their families, realizing it's got to start with the love. You can't be all over your parents because they dead named you and used the wrong program. You've got to give compassion. I really don't like the idea of the, the concept of dead named. I'm saying that we run the risk of, again, doing what is being done to the community in terms of, of negating and saying, 
oh, that person's dead. When I see Kyler not as dead because I knew Kyler prior to Kyler knowing Kyler. But did Monica ever exist? Really? Yes. And transformed into something more full. I don't know. Did they? Uh, I would definitely say more a shell. Yeah. A shell of. Because I've never met you as Monica. I've never known you as Monica. I've never known. And yet still I do find myself correlating you with that name to some degree or another. I don't know why. Do you? A little bit. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know why. It's weird. weird. Because I've never known you. I'd like to actually edit it out of the podcast, but I can't own it enough. Your name? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I don't call it a dead name because there's things I did that were great yeah. and I'm really proud of that I still own. And that's part of that transformation. Yeah. Well, that re- yeah that I'm wondering how do I own that now as Kyler? Because that was done by Monica. But, yeah. but, but Which creates a lot of confusion. So I see that. That's what I see about the, the, the concept of the transformation and reincarnation. I've seen beautiful things that you as Monica have done and words that have given people pause as Monica, and I see those aspects more formed, developed, and transformed as Kyler. I see how my identity was before I came out. Kyler, you see how your identity is changing. So you may not, you yourself may not choose that that's a death. But I can understand why a lot of transgender people would say, Oh, it was a death. Oh, yes. I can, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that as well. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be used. I'm just saying that we are always coining terms and making them own our reality, and then wondering how we did that. And I have to say, in my sitting in my suffering, I feel actually a lot better being affirmed in my non-action and just the loving, because it's as a, a former people pleaser and moving out of a codependent type of relationship model or languaging of my own, I really want to honor my family with being that way. I'm not sure they see it yet, but I do appreciate your feedback and the affirmation that I'm taking from it. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Under the Pink Triangle. We reside in the beautiful Okanagan Valley and are privileged to support LGBTQ2S plus programs and events in this area. 